Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Central official podcast number 199 for May, Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. I'm Steve Witchell in New hey, Orleans. I'm Tony B in New Jersey. What's happening? This had a bug flying right thought, in front of my face wa- as, as I was waving to that. me, like, hey man, what's going on? <laughs> All right, we're here. It's live at uh, 7 o'clock Central Time PM. We do this uh, on Tuesdays sometimes. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're here live, come on in and join us. Say hello. Tell us where you're from, and we will say hello back. We always like to hear we do it on uh, Tuesday from you guys. Sometimes we feel like it. And see where we're reaching around the world. Cliff says, what's up, guys? Cliff, Cliffy. Uh, we are streaming live on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, on the Cover Band, in the Cover Band Central Facebook group, and on the Cover Band Central YouTube yes. channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link is in the description. Click that link. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell so you know when we go live. Uh, you can also give scar, stars while you're watching this. If you're watching on the Facebook page, stars are a digital gift that you can give if you like this content or you like this entertainment. It's a way to give back. You can buy them in packs. One star equals one cent. So buy a big pack and send us your stars. We do appreciate You that. might be scarred watching the show, but you can always send right. stars. So Cliff, who said what's up, is in uh, Edmonton, Kentucky. Uh, Silas, Silas, Silas says hello. Nice, cool picture of Eddie Van Halen cool. there. Daniel's here. Cynthia's in Texas. Ooh, how do you say that name? In Acapulco. Zeno. Zeno, you think? Or, X-H-I-N-O. Zino. Zino, I want to say. Acapulco. Silas is also in, in Kentucky. Brian's in Tucson, Arizona. Lee in Cornwall, the United Kingdom. Mm. Fred's in Louisiana. That's where I am close by yeah ian in uh, south australia adelaide not close by to me jamie's in walnut i don't know what that means walnut next to beach or oak probably maple nancy's in philadelphia Dee Dee in seattle over on the other side all of the right country. tonda in north carolina lots of people coming in we really appreciate you guys uh, here down. live Watching along and chiming in, asking questions, leaving comments on our topics. Yeah. Um, Fort, Port Orange, Florida, near Daytona, is where Gloria is. 
George is in Chicago watching on YouTube. Thanks, uh, George. Georgie. Like I said, we are on YouTube, too. Make sure you subscribe to that channel. Oh, yeah. Lots of goodies in there. Ginger's in Texas. Lots of people in here tonight. Charles in Chicago. Um, again, thank you one and all for coming in here live and watching yeah. us and being part of the Cover Band Central community. Episode 199, Tony. We're one away. We're on the brink, Steve. We're on the brink. We're going to do press, 200. Press and greatness. I, I'm saying to you now and announcing to the audience, we will do episode 200 in two weeks on Tuesday. So that will be... That will be the 23rd of May. So just before Memorial Day weekend, yes. we will we will do our 200th episode. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit and try to get some ideas going uh, for how to celebrate this. And we want to include you guys, too, on this since you're a part of this show. Um, do, uh, Brian asked, do, do we allow live performances here? Not really on the podcast itself, Brian, but definitely on the, the in the Cover Band Central group. You can post your performances. You can do a live stream there if you like. So if you're not part of the group, make sure you join that on Facebook. Um, Daniel, who's our favorite guitarist? Do you have a favorite guitarist, Tony? Favorite guitarist. I probably have a favorite guitarist in each genre of music. Hmm. But like all-time favorite guitar player... Mm. That's tough, man, but I'd probably to say Eddie. Yeah, Eddie's one. It, it's hard for me to pick a favorite one, but I like guitar players that play melodically. Mm. Um, Eddie And Eddie's definitely one, even though he was a shredder, he still had a melodic well, he had, he had great ideas. He had great ideas, you know, like he was a shredder, but he had really good rhythmic and, you know, sonic ideas, the, the way he got the right. sounds out of his instrument and, and the way he then used them, uh, you know, melodically. He's a very melodic player. Yeah. But so some of my, Eddie's one, uh, Neil Sean and David Gilmore are my really kind of my top three. Mm -hmm. um, just because of how melodic they play, how tasty they are um, with their solos and, you know, great rhythm players as well. Uh, favorite Ozzy song. Uh, Silas asked, mine is Mr. Crowley. Mm. That I know. Mr. Crowley has, two, speaking of solos, has two excellent solos from Randy Rhodes, and that's why it's my favorite song. The solos in that are genius from Randy Rhodes. Mm. Got a favorite Ozzy song? Maybe Over the Mountain Live. Mm. Okay, so you can include a live song. Or or a studio version, either way. Or the Mountains, great. Tommy yep. Aldridge. You know, uh, even Crazy Train live with Rudy Sarzo and Tommy Aldridge, like that era of band, you know, was also top-notch. And that was Brad Gillis on guitar. Yes, yes it was. That yes, time it was. Yeah. Cool. Cool questions. I like yeah. those. Um. Again, uh, keep them coming and keep uh, letting us know where you're from, and we'll uh, keep you guys in the conversation. So uh, two weeks off again, and we're going to kind of, I think, Tony, do that like every two weeks um, going forward, especially through the summer. Um, so hence 200 in two weeks on May 23rd. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, I got yeah. I got uprising from the crew over here. They want to know what are they going to do for the whole summer now. What? Well, I mean, they'll, they'll be here. they can go back and listen yeah, I mean, to the. the he's uh, happy to have off, but Teddy wants to work more, so he's all right. We'll all right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure him it out. Up. We'll hook him up. Yes and no, like is from Georgia. It's mm. an interesting name. Is that the name of your band, or is that yes your name? Yes and no. Hmm, that could get confusing. No, yes. Wanda's here. Wanda comes back all yeah. the time. Wanda's in Michigan. It's happening. Like to see you there. So yeah, two weeks off. Um, you know, I did my gigs and uh, uh, last this past weekend was great. Um, again, for people who don't know, I do I play on Bourbon Street in New Orleans in two different bands on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I play in the afternoon with a band called uh, uh, Cornerstone. <laughs> I forgot what the name. Is. <laughs> Cornerstone at Bourbon Bandstand, 2 to 6.15, and then at night with a band called Rockbox at Fat Cats right across the street from 7 to 1.30. And long days. Um, this week, when I took Sunday off, though. Really? Uh, so I only worked Friday and Saturday. I did because my brother was in town. I have a younger brother. He's not a musician, but he is my brother. And he came into town to go to Jazz Fest. Hmm. And uh, he came in Thursday, so we went out for dinner Thursday. And then two of his friends, who are my friends as well, flew in on Friday morning. They came over to my place, hung out for a while, then went to their hotel, and then came to see my day band play, mm. so, which my brother hasn't seen. And neither none of those guys have seen me play in the day band. Um, so that was cool. It's nice to have you know people that you know um, there in the audience. And then... Uh, they came Saturday night after Jazz Fest to uh, the to see Rockbox for a bit. For the well. night band. Yeah, and then I took Sunday off to go to Jazz Fest with mm. them. So that that was uh, that was cool. I haven't been to a, like a concert concert in a long time. Uh, definitely not Jazz Fest. And Jazz Fest, for those who don't know, here in New Orleans is an annual event uh, that started out as just jazz music, New Orleans traditional kind of music, and has grown into a big festival with top bands uh, you know headline artists throughout those two weekends they do uh, uh, Friday Saturday Sunday and then Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday uh, the next week and uh, you know always you know top bands. So who'd you, know, you get to like, see on Sunday Sunday I saw uh, Mumford and Sons they were one of the kind of headliners and I know a few of their songs I'm sort of familiar with them and I'm okay with that going to see a, a band that i don't know a lot of their material um you know because you can hear songs live that you never heard before and you think that's a great song and you go check them out uh it uh sons herbie hancock oh cool. and and melissa etheridge herbie hancock uh played after mumford and sons mumford and sons by the way was great um a lot of energy a lot of mellow songs though a lot of very mellow songs mm. Uh, but they have some upbeat stuff. The singer plays, uh, he's he plays drums too in the band, but he's out front most of the time. And he ha it's interesting, he has a, a kick drum by his mic stand and a pedal, and he'll be playing guitar and singing and hitting the kick, like quarter notes on sure. the kick throughout, throughout an entire song. So that's pretty neat. And then, he'll, so he'll, and then he'll go back and play drums for a few songs, and then they have this other guy who jumps up on drums. It's cool. Uh, bass player plays uh, electric bass and stand-up bass, both very well. They have a banjo player, more like a folky yeah, sure. kind of 
rock band. They're, but they were real good. And um, Herbie Hancock, I, it, was, it was so crowded. It was in one of the tents. And, it, I mean, it was jam-packed in the tent. There's no way of getting in there. But you could still kind of, from the outside, you can kind of see the big TV screens and hear it. Obviously, they have speakers right outside. Um, and I couldn't even get to a point where I could see, like, I could barely see the TV screen. I had to like, wow. peek under somebody and, like, so a lot of people. And listened for a while. And I guess very proficient in their jazziness of, of that. But the music to me is just not my cup of tea. Like, I'll listen to it at home, maybe if I'm, you know, as background music. But at, like, a concert, it was like, I don't know. It just wasn't. There's so many, I, I and I don't mean to offend anybody that plays jazz or likes jazz, but there's so many wrong notes in jazz. <laughs> it just sounds like they're playing whatever notes. Conversational, man. Come on. Got to expand. I guess. I guess it is. And, and. Maybe I'm ignorant for not knowing, understanding all the, those dissonant notes and why they're there. But that's what it sounds like to me. It's just a lot of dissonance. Mm. And, and, uh, but I mean, still incredibly talented, obviously, you know, everybody in the band. So we watched a few songs for that and then walked over to see Melissa. And uh, she was fantastic, man. That woman could still blow. She could still yeah, sing. Yeah, she was cranking, huh? Really good. She's got a lot of hits. You don't realize how many hits she's yeah. had. And uh, a great, great band with her. And uh, ended with Like The Way I Do, which is one of her early hits from her first album. And I think she always ends that with that. It's a very jammy kind of song. And it's a great live song. So that was fun. A lot, tons of energy in that. She was in a tent as well, but I was able to kind of get in it a little uh -huh. bit. So the sound in the room was great. The energy was was just off the charts. People were loving it. Um, so I so I enjoyed that beautiful day, too here in New Orleans. So it was a good time. Nice. Yeah. Um, George said there's it, there are no wrongs in in jazz. Wrong notes in jazz. It's artistry. Yes, indeed, it is. Right. Deborah said improv rocks. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, and no said anyone can be a jazz prodigy if they can play their instrument wrong enough. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, now. Uh, you hear some about lat music, regional music. Uh, I didn't because I was only there for the one day, and we were only there for about four or five hours, so I didn't get to really hear a lot of the artists that are there, uh, unfortunately. But you know, that's what happens when I you work on the weekend and you. You're playing Yo, it was music. two weekends full of artists, right? So there's a lot of people playing. Oh, yeah, tons. I mean, over 100 at least. Yeah. And what, they have like a main stage and side stages? Or they have... They have a couple main stages, yeah. They have two or three like big stages. I mean, I guess there's one that's the biggest stage. And then they have a couple other outdoor stages that are that are big as well. And then they have these tents with big stages on them. But... Fewer people, obviously, can, uh, for capacity. And uh, and then they have little side stages, yeah, all over the place for, for local bands and stuff. So it's a big, big deal music festival yeah. here. And then they have, you know, food and drinks and all that. Um, so it's a good time. I, I know a lot of people come to here 
for jazz fest from around the world will travel here just for jazz fest it's kind of like a, a coachella or you know Lollapalooza or whatever it's it's something and why do you notice an uptick you know, in uh in the crowd george loves it he said it's a blast as far as being in, in on bourbon yeah, street like no. you didn't have an influx of, of people no if anything it was fewer people because mm. i think even though people are coming here for jazz fest it's a long day if they go early and by the time they get out and get the shuttle back to the hotel they're wiped out and they might you know go to dinner and not come out and see another band you know after seeing bands all day however if you're a music I'm, fan of course you're going to want to see more music well, well some people do but not the majority but but on saturday night it was weird saturday night we start at seven we break at 10 come back at 10 30 go to 10 30 1 30 and for that first three hours before break it was pretty dead then we came back also pretty dead and we had to kind of work to build up the room it wasn't until like 11 30 12 o'clock really started getting a lot of people in there and it was just increasing as we were, as, as it was getting later and by the time we were done it was jam-packed <laughs> it was weird it was and we and the band was like on fire we did some really cool songs like heavy songs at the end of the night, a lot of energy. I was feeling it. I was really getting into it. And the crowd was responding. And it was one of one of my favorite nights playing with Rock. Wow. Was awesome. that was that night. Yeah. Yeah, it was good time. I'm very comfortable in the band now. I just put new strings on my bass, so the bass sounded really good. Mm. Um and uh the energy was really off the charts. It was really fun. So um so yeah, that was my most recent. How about you? Yeah, what so you recap real quick. I had two gigs since last podcast, and uh, they both went well. But the interesting thing was we had talked about last podcast how we had set up the band and shook out the PA and tweaked everything right. and EQ'd it and got everything exactly where it had to be. And the memory was working, and everyone was excited. And then, you know, five days later, we get to that first gig and turn the board on, and it's everything's erased, and it's back to ground zero. And, oh no! Oh, yeah, so scrambled up for like twenty-five minutes to get sound back up and running again. Played that gig, tweaked it as we went, got better as the night went on, and finally got the sound together again. Saved that scene, and then went back and played this past weekend. And again, the board is erased clean. What happened? Something wrong with the board. So we're we're gonna abandon ship on this QSC digital mayhem board and go back to like a, a Mackie Pro FX 16 or some kind of live board that's quickly see the thing with that QSC board is it's a great board but in order to manipulate it you have to go in go to the menu scroll through find the thing go down then you can adjust like if you need more monitor as opposed to like my board you know or an analog digital hybrid board you just woke up to it and either push the fader up or, or just turn the dial you know if you need more monitor right. I just turn you up so it's right. instantaneous so that that that's going to be the next step. Now we got to upgrade the board and then start all over again. But at least this time there's no memory like to be, you know, lost. If you take a picture of the board, if you, if it gets something gets moved in the case, you know? Right. Um, but we did get the sounding good. It's just a, it, the, the challenge is it doesn't save anything, you know, and the battery's good and the software's updated and some kind of glitch and, there's just internal. I think the digital headroom in it's not as great because you can't get like good monitor volume out of it without feedback. Um, you know, and like my board, you can plug in and I could probably get twice, if not two thirds more volume 
than they're already getting. Wow, oh. what a drag! Because yeah. you you guys put a lot of work into yeah, that. Eight hours we spent doing it. So, um, wow. Yeah, but other than that, and then uh, so we got we got to figure that out, and then. My guitar player is going to Belgium for six weeks uh, to go visit family on, on a vacation, too. So I'll have the next six weeks off of gigs, and then I'm into summer festivals where I think we have 10 between now and September. So that should be. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a long vacation, man. Six yeah. Weeks. Yeah. Well, he's going to Belgium, yeah. so it's not, you know, I go right. to the beach. Leo's in Minnesota. What's up, Leo? Always nice to have Leo here. Uh, what kind of bass do I play? I have several. Um, the, my main one that I'm using now is an Ibanez. It's a five string. And the reason I'm using it is because it's light. And because I'm on stage for about 10 hours every weekend, every day um, of the weekend, a heavy bass starts to hurt my neck and my back. So um, that's one. But I have a Spectre, Fender, you know. Um, so. That answers your question, Daniel. And do you gig with the uh, same so, bass consistently? Do you always use that? Yeah. Yeah, the Ibanez with the one I've been using. Nice and light. It sounds good. Easy on the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good bass. My first bass was an Ibanez, too. Mm. My first ever bass, a Roadster 2. Do you still have it? I don't. I really wish I did. I'm sure it's it exists Ooh. somewhere. And I kind of know how I could probably track it down if I really wanted mm. to. But you're know, just not that motivated to go and find it. Not that motivated to do it, but... Okay. But I'll... but maybe someday. Maybe someday somebody will just, hey, like, contact me. Like, hey, guess what? I have your bass. Hey, dude, I opened up this bass to change the pickup in it. It said Steve Wishel from Cover Band Central owned this bass back like 35 <laughs> years ago when Cover Band Central was just a remote thought. Do you want it back? Nah, you can just keep it. It's all good. No, Thanks for I'll letting me know. Back. 40 years I bought it. 40 years ago I bought that bass. 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, someone's hopefully playing it somewhere, Steve, enjoying it, just as you did. I hope so. It was a great bass. My teacher used to say that all the time, my uh, private teacher, uh, instructor. I love this bass, he would always say. I love this bass. Yeah, well, sometimes they have magic in them, Steve, like drums, you know? Certain ones sound a certain way, and cymbals are the same way, too. Yeah. You know? Um, all right, so let's take a little break for the audio podcast, sure. and and we'll talk about some other stuff. Hey, folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, so... uh, Before we get to the topic, let's throw around this idea. Next episode is number 200. 200. (sighs) 200. What do we want to do? What what do we want to do to celebrate this? Let's talk about it. And if anybody out there has some suggestions, let us know. 
what would be a good way to celebrate episode number 200 of this podcast. An hour of live bands with a minute clip each and circus animals and jugglers and fire breathing guys and stuff like that. We got to make got to go big, Steve. Yeah. Well, if we can't secure all of that, <laughs> then uh we'll do shots of tequila, we shots of tequila, so. right? Because it, it, it was Cinco de Mayo last week, so you know, it's all good. It was. And then um we could just talk about stuff. Maybe we could have some special guests on, Steve. Maybe I was thinking from our guests past um, or, or future, present. I was I was thinking we could get some guests in. Beers, said Mike. Mike was in New Orleans a couple weeks ago. He went to Frenchman Street but didn't spend much time on bourbon, and I don't blame you, mm -hmm. Mike. Have we got a Patreon page? asked Deborah. No. Um why does she ask? Why do you ask, Deborah? Um, so yeah, guests would be a good idea and I could reach out to a few and see if they want to come in. Um, yeah, I was thinking of this too, like a retrospective. Leo said some clips from episode yeah, one, maybe some best which we could do. And that, those are only audio. Yeah. Those are only audio clips. So I was thinking of doing that, maybe a retrospective kind of go through, uh, some of the, uh, earlier episodes and, and reminisce on what we were talking about back then. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Like, so that. that's not bad. Mike said live stream from the streets. What streets? Like the streets. Like take it out to the street. Like we used to do on David Letterman when they would say, we're going out to the street now. And Steve's going to go talk to people. Right. You're out on the street like, hey, what's going on? Deborah said, let's celebrate by launching a Patreon page. So that's not a bad <laughs> idea. It's a good idea. I like that idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jot that down as a possibility. So, Or we could do all of that. We could do kind of guests and have a little retrospective and launch a Patreon page. So those and, are and then depending how many guests. guests we have, we got to try to achieve 200 shots of tequila by the episode. <laughs> yeah. So you, you need at least 20 people on there to get through the episode, I would think. 20 people and we'll all do 10 yeah. shots? No, I don't think so. We'd make it at least an hour doing that. That's all, we got. That's all that matters. You can throw <sighs> up after that and go to sleep. Just got to make a good show. Steve's show business. Come on. Yeah, what happens after that hour, though? I say you throw up and go to sleep. You're done. But at least you gave a good show. Um, Jason, USA of Chipson, as a guest. I don't know Jason. I know Chipson. Um, but that's not a bad idea. But not, not for episode 200, but we could definitely have him on as a guest. So yes and no, if you know Jason, if you are Jason, whatever, um, let, let me know. You could send here. I gotta put the email yeah, up. You can send contact us at uh, contact Steve at coveredbandcentral.com is how you can reach yeah. me. Give me some give me some info there. Yes and no. You can reach me too. Just tell Steve to give me the message. Yeah. Tony doesn't reveal no, his, I his uh, secretly contact. Secretly piggybacking on to Steve's contact info. Um But either way, it's uh it's a big milestone for us. Two hundred. Yeah, two hundred. Like, I mean Woo, 200 hours of wisdom. That's a lot. It did start as, well, it started as a podcast, and we made it the Wisdom Hour, and now it's just back to the podcast. Yes, but, correct. Uh, but it's still the Wisdom Hour. Who, who are we But kidding? we can go back and find gems of wisdom, I'm sure, throughout the years. Sure. Um, we can go back to early days. We can reminisce a little bit, Steve. It's good to have some retrospective, you know? We'll go back right. and reminisce a little bit. Say, hey, remember that? And talk about this and... Remember when that was going on, you know, five years ago, however long it's been? Yes. So I'll, I'll have to do some work to put that together between now and 
yeah. two weeks from today. Do you, do you remember early on, I forget the person's name, but we were engaged. We helped somebody within in like the early, early episodes, like sub 10, like, you know, single digit episodes. And you forward me this this email and you were like, this guy wrote us back this email. And I remember you sent it to me and I started reading it and then it was like pretty long and I had been reading it for like a good minute and a half. And then I started scrolling through and it was like pages upon pages upon pages. And I'm like, Oh, I can't read this now. But then I went back and read it and it was like a really nice email, like really well thought out and well written, but it was very, very long and, you know, history of the band. And I forget the, the, the person's name, but I remember what you're talking about. about. I don't remember the name. I I don't remember the name either, but maybe if I go back and listen, I can, figure that yeah, out but I, remember, I remember for... that being the first thing that struck me was like wow we're doing this podcast and someone took obviously like 15 minutes to write this letter because it took like a half an hour to read wow. it, you know? and we were like whoa yeah they took more than 15 minutes yeah. they probably took several hours to, to, to write yeah, it was that. crafted yeah. up from like infancy through like you know middle eight <laughs> good, good history report there uh daniel wants to know what drumsticks do you play Drumsticks do I play? I've played many over the years. Right now, I'm, I'm shuffling between I have a balance of some old Zildjian Vinnie Caluda sticks that I'm still using, and I have some Vader 5A keg barrel tip that I've recently used. A little bit lighter for some of the indoor venues, so I'm not crushing everybody with volume. Mm. But typically Vic Firth or Zildjian or Vader, depending all right, there you go. Daniel's putting together a whole band based on what we use. Yeah. He's got my bass now. Bass, he's got, your he's sticks. got my sticks. Hmm. All right, so um, should we get to the topic? No, I so we got we could uh, get a, we got time, yeah, sure. We got a, good ideas for 200. Um, yeah, so I'm sure I, they'll I, evolve between now and then as well, but at least we have a mm-hmm. groundwork to start from. Yeah. So I, I'm sure we've talked about this, dude, like probably many I'm times. Sure. Um, but I made the topic uh, managing the band. And, I, you know, I want to talk about people who manage the band who are in the band. You know, some bands do have somebody outside of the band doing the quote unquote managing, which would be booking and uh, corralling uh, and corralling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. I think most cover bands have, you know, work from within. They have somebody who kind of runs the show in the band. And I I know that there's bands out there that don't. And that's, you know, that's cause for concern because you need somebody in charge. Somebody needs to make decisions, you know, final decisions about things in order to progress, in order to move forward, in order to uh, grow and and be successful you really need somebody to make firm decisions that's why on sports teams you have a manager you have a coach you have somebody who is deciding something with with nobody else being able to argue with them what if what do you do if it's a democracy though what if there's no Um, appointed leader right well that's a good question says we're going to vote on this or Hey Steve, I don't think you should play that during this song. That thing that Phil or your bass doesn't sound good, and you're like, I think it's fine. And then the four of the people in the band say, we agree with number one's comment, Steve, and you need to fix that. So now, if it's a democracy, 
you, there's no leader. It's it, it's it's a bunch of people talking to one person, and or or picking songs like, oh, I don't want to do that song, but everyone else says, no, we're doing it. So I, you know, it's a flip side to what you're saying. Does you need a leader? But what if there isn't a leader? What are some of the challenges that might come with that sort of you know situation where no one's saying this is what we're doing and whether you like it or not? Yeah, I mean, those are two different topics. Uh, like somebody's playing something in the band that somebody doesn't. No, like, no I just mean, and that, yeah. and that, but that, but that that is not necessarily like a management decision. That's just kind of a. Uh, band sort of execution no but what if i'm the leader of the band and, and you're like but i like playing that and the other guy's like i like that too and i say you know what it's not in the original version you shouldn't be playing that don't play it anymore i'm the leader of the band i'm telling you not to do that yeah that's poor leadership i think in my opinion i'm just bringing i'm just bringing oh. up scenarios i'm not uh, unless any everybody in the band cites a reason without insulting the person you know say like you know here's why you should do this or you shouldn't. And what about a song? Like, Ace, I really want to do the song. And two other people are like, I, I, I don't That's I don't Now that's, yeah, that's where it comes to somebody needs to make an executive decision because not everybody will always agree. In fact, most of the time, most people, you know, not everybody will agree. So you need somebody to make a decision and it's final. Um, and and, and I, the bands that I've been in that have that leader are always better it's a better situation whether i agree with the manager the person who's managing or not um i think it's better because at least a decision is being made and there's not everybody's everybody's not wishy-washy about something um and all decisions aren't going to be right but you need to try things and fail in order to know what does work that's just part of the deal uh, yeah, and that have like Marianne said, she's the leader by default, uh, manager by default because nobody else does it, and that's what happens a lot too in situations like, all right, nobody's taking over, I'm gonna take over, you know. So there is no democracy really. There's no vote. It's just well, that's different. If if no one's doing yeah. anything, and I'm gonna take over, and I'm gonna book all the gigs, and I'm going to put together the set list, and I'm going to be the musical director, and I'm gonna pick the songs, then yeah, if you're if that's that's you're in charge. And the band's doing whatever you you're directing them to do, basically, right? But what? But like I said, it's a different situation. Sometimes I think when you have a band where it's a democracy, you know, where people can vote on it or say like, "Hey, we're," you know, I think there are two different scenarios, right? One is like I said, if you have a manager, that manager is basically telling you what to do. You're playing these gigs. Here's the places we're playing. This is the pay we're getting. This is what we're booked for, right? Um, right. But I think there's also a lot of bands out there where they might break up the the different roles, right? Like someone might be the booking guy for the band, and someone might be the guy who makes the set list, and someone might be the guy who is, you know, the musical director, so to speak, right? Picking the songs. Right. Um, and that's good. And that's probably the best way to go is to delegate tasks to people who are good at it. Are you good at social media? All right, you're doing the, our Facebook page. You know, are you good at talking to people? Okay, you're doing our booking. That's, but somebody still needs to be in charge to do that delegating, in in my opinion. Because I, I spent a lot of time in my non-musical-like life, work life, as a manager. I managed businesses. I worked for a company, you know, and I had somebody above me, but I was a manager where I had to do that. I had to delegate tasks. I had to make schedules. I had to do payroll. I had to, you know, 
uh, discipline. I had to hire, I had to fire, I had to do, you know, everything that a manager, manager does. And I did that for a long time. And there's no way the business could have been run without that, without somebody sure. there doing that. So the same is, could be said for a band too, even though it's fewer people, it still needs direction. It still needs somebody to make a decision. And, and I'll give you examples of the two bands I work with. There really is in Cornerstone, there really is no manager. There's a band leader, you know, who is represents the band to the company. And if the company has an issue, they talk to him. If he has an issue, whatever, he goes to them. But other than that, he's not really managing the band. And really nobody is. So as a result, there's no progress. There is status quo. Um, and that, I don't think that's the best way to go. I think there needs to be somebody in charge saying, okay, what can we do now? What song can we do now? How can we improve? How, what can we do to take what we're doing already and make this better? Or what needs to change? What's not working? Somebody needs to be calling those shots, and nobody is. And now, on Bourbon Street, we can get away with it. Because the, what are, what are they going to do? They're going to fire us? No. Um, maybe eventually for some other reason, but not that reason. Because um, technically you're getting the job done, you're putting people in the room, you're, yeah. you keep, you're, they're, they're selling drinks, and you guys are being successful. So from that yeah. standpoint, the club is happy. From right. a musical standpoint, the growth of the band is stifled by not having a manager. That's what you're saying. Right. Very well summed up, Tony. Um, and Kelly said, there has to be one person in charge. Songs usually have to be centered around the vocalist or front man to be successful. A democracy in this business usually up a recipe to fail. My opinion, but it seems throughout my experience, this is the result. And I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, cause the democracy thing, what if it's 50, 50, you know, what if, then what do you do? Yeah. It, 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 I don't know. You have to figure something out, but I just know in the past, like if we had to buy gear, right? Like, Hey, the PA, we have to buy new, new mains, right? The, the, this one main is crapping out or there are only 12s and we're playing bigger rooms now. So we got to buy 15 inch mains. So we're going to sell these mains and we're going to take gig money and buy the next one. Right. Well, if two people mm -hmm. in the band are like, nah, I don't think we need new mains. I'm not I'm not I'm not down for that. I don't want to pitch in money. And, and there's five people in the band. The other three people say, no, we're in favor of getting it. And we are taking the next gigs money and we're going to buy speakers because we need them. Right. So I think if it's a 50 50 at that point, it becomes factually. What is to use it? Like, what's the detriment to the band at that point? Right. Like, are you doing it for the mm -hmm. benefit of the band? which everyone should be, right? The decisions that are made should be for the benefit of the entire team as a whole. And I think sometimes in, in a band, you have to look at and say, even though you might not agree with something or think it's not necessary, maybe you have to entertain this, the point why the other people in the band think it might be necessary or right. And maybe you didn't look at it that way. That's the only advantage I see of a democracy is you're not being told specifically like, hey, we have to do all these things. But I guess in the case of a leader, they would say, hey, we need to get this gear. Let's talk about how to pay for it. You know, like that sort of thing, because no one person should have to buy that. Like, hey, oh, hey, sure, hey no. Steve, we yeah. need new mains and no one else is down to do it. So, you know, you're the only one that wants them. So you go buy them. Right. And that's happened before, too, yeah. like with buying equipment. And it's like, all right, we'll all pitch in. But then somebody is keeping the gear. You know, somebody has it at their right, house right, or right, whatever. Right, right. And that, that happened with me once in Jersey and Mad Rabbit. We all 
pitched in for a PA, but then it stayed at the singer's house. Sure. And I never, you know, I never got to use it for myself. Um, Mark says, uh, I'm the lead singer. I do all the booking, making set lists, negotiating price, all the social media, collecting the money and paying everyone. But he says, we all decide on which songs we play and it seems to work for them. So it really is a case by case basis. Yeah. Um, you know, you do as long as it's working and you're not having some sort of conflict in there. So, you know, in that democracy example, you know, you have the five people, you have three people that say we need we need this new system. Two people don't agree the you know, three majority rules and they get the new system. Do those two people hold a grudge? Are they bitter or are they accepting it? And that's that's the agreement that has to be made if that's there's going to be that kind of democracy, because then you're going to have dissension in the band if you know, if that if they're you know, if they're not happy about it. Sure. Um, but then what happens if those two people people are unhappy about it and just say, you know, it is not a democracy and we're not down for that and we're not contributing to that and we don't support that. But it's a necessity. So then I guess it comes back to, like you said, the leader saying, this is what's needed. This is what we're doing. You have to get on board with it. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so as a, uh, a, a person who did manage businesses, one of the things that I always stuck to was I made sure I led by example. I would never tell somebody to do something that I didn't or wouldn't do myself. And if they didn't know how to do it, I would teach them how to do it. Um, but I always felt like leading by example was, was absolutely necessary to get the respect of the people that you're managing sure. and cooperation. Um, you know, what, one of my pet peeves about Rockbox is there's one person that manages the show not really managing the band, he's running the show, calling songs, takes several breaks um, because the you know somebody else in the band can play guitar, um, and and I've asked you know many times like I would just like one break during that period of time too because I'm playing already during the day, at night you know after an hour and a half I could use a break for a song, mm -hmm. and most of the time I don't get it, so. You know, that's that's poor management to me. Um, and there's other factors about that. Like Rockbox doesn't really have because I'm subbing really for the guy who's the band leader. Mm. Now they have like, you know, one person does this, one person does this, another person does this. So they have, you know, things that are delegated and it seems to be running well. I, my opinion about that band is that th there's so much more potential than those guys are taking advantage of. And if I like, if I was the manager, if I was a leader, I would say, okay, we're doing these things because of the potential here for advancement of this band. And for, uh, you know, it could be very lucrative for everybody. You know, I have great ideas and I have, a, you know, an audience of almost 700,000 people now on cover band central, you know, I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. It's a great band. They have a show. They basically do the same show all the time. And I'm part of it now. Um, or I have been for the last six months. And there's just nobody like stepping up to do that. They just keep it status quo. Which works. But it's not going to, you know, it's not going to get better from mm -hmm. here. It's just going to be like, okay, this is what we do. Um, so, I, so for reasons like that, I think it's important to have manager who has some vision too, you know, has 
aspirations like how about communication though amongst the band like do you guys talk about stuff like that to say like here's the direction we want to go in or what do you guys think about this or since there's nobody leading to say you know per se or is it just you know like you said show up play the gig and i'll see you tomorrow and show up play the gig and i'll see you tomorrow and then show up play the gig and i'll see you next week yeah that's it i mean for this for these two bands because we don't rehearse right um and we don't there's no communication there's no like thread um uh, on in text or on email or anything um there's no nobody managing social media uh, and which is ridiculous to me mm-hmm. the, all the opportunity if you see some of the young bands out there that you know that grew up where the internet was a thing already they're killing it they're killing it on youtube they're killing it on social media on tiktok on facebook on twitter on everything instagram mm-hmm. um because just because they're taking advantage of the opportunity that's right here in front of them and people that are older are just not doing it and it's ridiculous that they're not doing it to me um because they're you know there's a whole audience out there you know especially for a band like rockbox that plays in new orleans on bourbon street everybody knows about bourbon right. street all over the world and there's I, I would estimate Rockbox has been around for a long time. I would estimate that there have been hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, that have seen that band over the course of the last twenty years. In different incarnations, that band has been, you know, personnel has changed, but the name, everybody knows the name. So why not reach those millions of people around the world that ha- that are know who the band are? And take advantage of the internet. Well, to your point too, it, it, I don't it's get it. it's a it's a commitment, right? Like if you're going to shoot video or gather video or post things all the time, you know, or constantly advertise and like you do, you know, with with the page, it's it's a full time thing. It's not like something you can do once in a while. You have to get in a routine and a habit of doing it and have some rhythm, right? Because if you're not consistent with the posting all the time right you're not consistent with what's out there then the message i think it's kind of gets lost by the people that are doing that you know people that are inundating mm-hmm. the, the you know the, the media masses right and, and getting their stuff out there but you know it becomes a complacency thing right where it's comfortable it, it's easy it's the same tunes you know and it, you fall into like that trap where it's just an easy gig and there's plenty of people and you know you don't really have to do anything right to promote it for it to be successful, nothing. But to your point, nothing. it's you know it's at half throttle, you know. Yeah, and and things do change around here uh, quite often. Uh, Rockbox is lucky that Ben's been in Vatcats now for eight or nine years, mm-hmm. somewhere around there, in that you know, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday slot. But things do change with no warning. Yeah, you're saying- you know anytime things have changed here. For me, a club closing, a job, uh, you know, no longer there, a manager changing, no warning, just happens, boom. Um, so yeah, you want to have a backup plan or or something to just carry the name of the band on or carry the, you know, want to yeah, call it a legacy, but no. But in but, the event of that, you're right, Steve. Like they come on a Sunday and say, "Hey, great gig, but you won't be, we won't have you back anymore. Today's your last gig. Mm-hmm. Thanks." Yep. Yeah. Now that's how right, it goes. You're out of yeah. a gig looking for a new gig, and at yeah. least if you're out and on social media and advertising, you're you're in the mix of things, you know. And you can just post on that. Hey, available, you know, we're available now for a new, looking for a new home. 
new steady gig. Yeah, and people come all the time. Like, do you guys play? Do you, will you travel? Will you come play my party? Right. Will you come play my son's graduation? Yeah. It happens all the time. And that band has done that. I haven't done it with them, but they have done that. And you could command top dollar for things like sure. that. Sure. You know, uh, getting on a plane and, and having to do a private event. So, and, and there's somebody that takes care of that in the band, too. When anybody asks, you know, he has a card, he gives them the card. Mm. I don't know if he does any sort of follow-up on that. Probably should, but, um, yeah. Um, well, that's a great, another great topic right there is, is, you know, having that stuff ready. Not like, hey, man, you guys are great, and my son's, you know, birthday party's coming up, or my wife's, you know, birthday, and I want to hire you guys. You have a card? Oh, yeah, hang on a minute. Let me find that guy. Hey, Steve, do you have a card? Uh, you know, can you talk to Joe? Does Joe have one of me? I think he's got one in the car. Hang on. I'll be, like, I'll be right back to you, you know? And it might take you like five minutes to find a card. The guy may or may not wait around depending on how excited he is to have the band play, you know? Yeah, that's something you need to be ordered. So Got to be on it right there to say, yeah, absolutely, here's a card. Everyone should have a card, you know? when We always used to all have cards on us. Any, any one of us, the guy could walk up and say, hey, you guys are great. Do you have a card? Yep, here you go. You know, yeah, and that, that's to me that comes along with managing the band, being organized, being proactive, um, you know, motivating, um, uh, being able to delegate, problem solve. I, when I was a manager of businesses, I spent most of my time, or at least half of my time, every single day, solving a problem. I always felt like that's my job. I'm I'm here to solve a problem. There's a customer that's unhappy. A shipment didn't arrive in time. Uh, uh, an employee is sick. Uh, you know, whatever. It's something every every day. So, as a manager, you need to problem solve. All right, like so and so doesn't have a cable. What do we do? You know, his cable's not working. What do we do? Problem solve. Um, and, and I mean, I know I wrote it in the description. I don't know if I can see the description now. This cable doesn't work. Oh man, I guess you um, get hang out until it's, it's working but, again. But being having a vision, being organized, being motivated, those are the top three for me. Um, you know, knowing what you want to do, you, you have to be organized about mm -hmm. it. You have to write, keep a notes, uh, keep a journal, whatever, however you organize things, but you have to do it. And like you said, with the cards, if, if that's something you want to do, get other gigs, have business cards, have them at the ready. Know where they are. When somebody has, sure, you you want a card right here, boom, yeah, Done. yeah. Um, you know, I have Carbon Central cards in my gig bag. I know where they are, and I I have a backpack that I use like for my my stuff, and I have you know the sections in a backpack, and I know where everything is in that backpack. Mm -hmm. I I assign <laughs> sections, you know, things, yeah, things go in certain sections, and I they always go there. And that's just the way I am with organizing everything. You know, I, I know where things go. So if I need it, I know where it is. <laughs> that's why yeah. I organize. Well, being organized is definitely important. It helps you keep all your stuff together. And like you said, it's it's all in one place. And you have you, it's an easier way to track progress, right? If you're disorganized, you never know where the bar is, right? Or what your progress is because you're not keeping track of anything. Right. Uh, you're welcome, Leo. He said thanks for all you do. Uh, uh, Oops, Marianne said not only to have a card to give them, but take their details so you can follow up. I said that before, but you definitely want to follow up. Absolutely. And Mark has business cards in his wallet and gig bags. So in, in a couple different locations, yeah, that's a good 
thing to do too. Um, but I mean, I just, you know, I want to appeal to the people who, who do manage bands, but don't really put a lot of thought into it and, and think about what you're doing and, and the potential that's there. If you're, if you're really properly managing your band. Yeah. And there's so many things to have to manage aside from all the things you just spoke about, right? You have to manage the personalities of, of the individual people in the band, right? You schedule schedules. You have to manage yeah. an agenda or a rehearsal schedule of some sort. If you are, you know, have a plan and you're moving forward and you're learning songs, right? You have to make a list of songs that you want to do and then put them in the order that's easiest to hardest, right? So you have some extra time to work on the more difficult ones, right? To be ready to play them. Um, right. you know, organize all that, like you said, scheduling, right? You're trying to schedule five or four or five, six different people, you know, to get together to do things. Um, you know, gigs, same thing, you know, you know, scheduling people's time around gigs, rehearsals, um, venues, right? Like frequency of playing venues, new venues, what venues do you want to play? What venues are the places that, you know, you don't want to play or that you, you, you know, that you, you know, you're not going to go over there. What places have built in crowds? Like there's a whole nother you know, demographic on, on the club scene itself, right? Like the locations you're going to play, what places have built in uh, crowds, what places do you have to bring people to, you know? So there's a lot of things to think about day gigs, night gigs, um, pay, you know, all those things like talk about sound has the band sound out front, like who's doing the sound equipment mm -hmm. for the sound, right? Cause you could have the best, most talented band and you guys are killing it and know every song and your sound sounds like garbage out front. Band's not going to sound good, man. You know? Right. Um, you know, and, and I think some people are reluctant to take that position because not everybody likes the boss, you know, and some people don't want to be disliked because they said something that was unpopular. Mm. Um, but some, you know, the good manager has to, has a thick skin and doesn't let that bother them, you know, and knows with confidence that they're, what they're doing is for the greater good of the band. And also is able and, to present it in a non-threatening, positive way that can bolster yes. a, the result you're looking for and not leading by fear or leading by mismanagement. Or like you said, being a poor leader and saying, well, you're doing that just because I'm the boss. You know, that's that's no way right. to lead. Right. So you have to lead by example, like you said, gain respect of everyone, but show people respect, too. And like you said, it's for the yes. greater common good of the band. It's not my opinion or what I specifically want to do, but right. I you know, you, you, I'm bringing it to the band for, you know, to be, as a topic for discussion because no one else is, right? If you're not the leader, you can bring things up and say, no one else is talking about this or doing anything about it. We need to address it. Yeah, and that's if you have that opportunity. If you have rehearsals or you have band meetings or you have a, mm -hmm. a, a text thread that you keep or some sort of way of communicating with each other on a regular basis. And, and that's really key, too, to have that. You know, and somebody needs to make that decision and put it together. Like, all right, we want to talk about band issues. Here's where we do. We go to Slack and we have a thing here or whatever. Right, you know, right. you just pick, pick some way of doing it. But if nobody does that, then it just doesn't happen. And then all those opportunities are lost. Um, George said he had business card holders on the top of the mixing console and on the mic stand. So they're really at the ready. Yeah. Right there. Um, That's a good yeah, and that's part of it. Like Mark said, scheduling is toughest. He has a calendar to keep track of all our shows and when other bandmates are not available so he can know ahead of time which dates they have available. And that's, yeah, that's part of the managing thing is you have to 
people's schedules, especially adults who have full-time jobs and have families yep. and take vacations. And... Well, you need a shared calendar, like you said, because it's like, hey, you know, October 3rd just came available for this festival show. And then you look at the calendar real quick. It's like, oh, Steve's out that weekend. So I know right away I can't do it, right? Or, right. hey, I'll just check the calendar. Everyone's got a green light. Let me get back to you, but it looks like we're good. You know, quickly text everybody. Hey, this gig came in. No, Nothing's on the calendar. I'm booking it, you know? Right. Uh, Julian said, we were wondering if we, if we get another guitarist to improve, and we all decided that it's better to stay the way we are because of schedule management, personalities, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, the more people you have in the band, the more scheduling issues you're going to have. For sure. Um, uh, Mark suggests book face messenger group chat. Mm. I mean, you can do it on Facebook. There's there's a ton of ways. It's it's not even about the method. It's just about the intent, and you know somebody actually. Well, taking it's, the yeah, step. it's just about communicating, like you said, and for the co greater good of the band, trying to move the ball forward, right? Because we can all show up and do the same thing. It's just like with anything, Steve, if you play your instrument and you never practice and you just gig on the weekends, right? Or you gig once in a while and you're you're proficient, but you're not getting any better, right? So you can you can kill it every time you go out to play, but you're just as good as you were five years ago. You know, like you're right. no, you haven't advanced at all or you've advanced a little bit, you know? Like we talked about a couple episodes ago, that cumulative effect, you know? The more yeah. you keep pushing on something and the more you keep repetitively doing and get it ingrained as a habit and consistency to it, the results start to, to blossom and flourish, you know, way more than you would have ever imagined. But but yep, a lot of absolutely. people don't give it enough time to stick with it. You know, stick with something for a month, just, right? 30 days yeah. at least to see some kind of difference. And then you'd be amazed in 90 days what kind of difference you see, you know? And they don't even think about it, really. Yeah. Uh, but Leo, another suggestion, have Alyssa Fillins at the ready. And that's something I did when I was a band leader here in New Orleans. Sure. I had a band called St. Rock. I was the band leader. And I had a list of drummers, guitar players, singers, um, bass players even, keyboard players that I would go to. And I had to do that a lot. Almost every week I had somebody that wasn't going to make it and I had to get a sub. Mm. And um, yeah, so you want to have that list. Um, uh, Deborah said, some of the festivals book talent often 12 to 18 months in advance. Forward bookings mean you eat. Eh. Means you eat. Yeah. Yes. That means you're gonna get in work if you got you, gigs if you in the pipeline. Book ahead of time, right? Um, so all that's food for thought, folks. Uh, if you're out there playing in bands, I think that's something that you want to think about, talk about with your band members. If you don't have somebody who's taking charge of your situation, consider it and consider you know who's the best candidate for that and what could be accomplished. You know, and, and again, the best leaders listen to the people who they're leading and, you know, take their suggestions and, you know, toss it around and, and say, like, what are the advantages of this? How achievable is it? Um, you know, all those factors, consider them and, but somebody, have somebody that's making decisions. All right, we're doing this. Yeah. Or, or if not, take the opportunity to at least communicate more amongst your bandmates, right? And try to get on the same page and if you're not pushing the ball forward, think of ways that you can and try to collectively talk amongst yourselves on how to make that a reality. Yes. Like if you don't want Steve in the band, be like, all right, 
get all together and be like, you know, Steve's trying to take you over here. We got to get him We're out. Voting him out tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, he's been great. You're a great player and everything. But unfortunately, tonight's your last time playing with us. That's right. He's off the island. You're off the island. And you're like, yeah, but we're not even gigging tonight. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for your your services. No longer required. Have a good Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Uh, but we'll, we'll give you a good reference. Godspeed and best you, of luck to you. If you need any help with anything. Um, all right. So two weeks from now, yes. May 23rd, Tuesday, May 23rd at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We will have episode number 200. It's going to be full of surprises, guests, retrospective, tequila shots. and Circus animals. Uh, so I, I, we're going to have to talk to Ringling, uh, Ringling Brothers about people. that. Let's see if we can get some animals. Yeah. But please tune in for that. It's a big deal for us to do this 200 times. And uh, uh, we're really excited about it. So come on back two weeks from today, Tuesday, May 23rd at 8 o'clock Eastern Time PM. Or you can always catch the replay on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. The, the link is in the description. Check that out. Um, subscribe, hit the bell. Um, Cover Band Central is on Facebook, on the page. Everywhere. Some of you watching from there. We have a Facebook group. Some of you watching from there. Make sure you join the group if not part of it. And there's the website, CoverBandCentral.com. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. And that'll do it for us. We'll see you next time for number 200, baby. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.